We are wrapping up as, uh, uh, oh, there's some we can pray for. How about the Johns family? <laughs> uh, they've just had a very, very hard week, a very sleepless week, uh, and uh, with the kids and especially the twins uh, getting a hacking coffin, and, and now one had an allergic reaction to some medication. Yeah, so uh, just uh, uh, let's just pray. Let's just pray because it's, uh, it's been a weary week for them also. Father, we are so thankful that uh, you have never grown weary. You've never suffered from lack of sleep. But, Father, every once in a while uh, we find ourselves in that very situation. And I just pray for the Johns family that you would uh, maybe grant them an extra measure or double the rest that they receive uh, and uh, heal those little babies, Father. Uh, just bring healing to those precious bodies and uh, all of them that are suffering. For the families that have lost loved ones, Lord, uh, you are the comforter. You are the God of all peace. And we just pray that uh, they will experience that in measures that they never thought possible. For the school, for the, for the play, for the, uh, for the funds that were brought in to uh, help educate these precious minds. Father, what a joy it is to be part of this Christian school, knowing that these kids are getting a, an ex, a beyond excellent education, but one that's centered in your word from your perspective. And we know, we know that they'll be learning the truth. So, Father, thank you for that and all who work so hard to make that happen, but you ultimately, as in all things, are worthy of the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We are finishing the Psalms of Ascent, sometimes referred to as the Psalms of Degrees or the pilgrims' psalms, or songs as they were sang on the way to Jerusalem as the Jewish people made their way three times a year at these annual feasts to literally meet with the Lord there to offer their sacrifices, including their sacrifice of praise and worship. But we are at the end of that journey the journey of drawing near to the Lord. And there's one key application that we need to, I, I think, get a hold of here. As the pilgrims were making their way to Jerusalem, to Mount Zion, it was all about getting nearer to God, nearer to their creator. And folks, that is our life journey. It is no different. Our life journey is, at the moment of salvation is spent getting closer and closer to the one who saved us. Amen? And so the journeys are very similar. And we'll be tying more of that in as we proceed this morning. But today we have arrived. And I want to share, just as a way of introducing this, if I may, I just thought of this last minute, so, so praise the Lord. But we're going to start out with just a few selected scriptures as I kind of bounce through uh, a few of the final chapters of the book of Psalm. 
And this is the way it is. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes and sons of men in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that day, his plans perish. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises for our God. It is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all the angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song in his praise and in the assembly of the godly. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet and sound and praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing of cymbals. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's worship. Folks, it is. And, 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 and I pray that I done no injustice by kind of progressing through those psalms. We covered about five chapters there. But look how the book of Psalms ends. This beautiful chorus just, and remember these, these psalms were songs. They were being sang, and we don't know quite what that sounded like. But I tell you what, they had a full, full orchestra, didn't they? They had a full orchestra, man. We got trumpets, we got lutes, we got harps, we got tambourines, and we got dancing. Amen? Y'all want to get started? We got stringed instruments, we got pipes, we got cymbals, we got, oh, we got clashing cymbals. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and Brian can bring his bongo set over here. He don't like it when you call them bongos. Or... <laughs> oh, but then the psalm ends with this. Let everything that has breath. That's us, folks. I mean, the instruments are great, right? But where does God really get his, his, his blessings from? Our voices. Lifting up our voices in praise. I tell you what, folks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be hard on you. But if, you're have, if you can praise the Lord with your hands in your pockets, I don't, I don't know how you can do that. I don't know how. I, I got to be doing something, you know. Probably medication would fix it, but I, <laughs> I don't want to be healed. <laughs> this is the final psalm. Psalm 134, a blessing or a benediction to the whole psalms of ascent. When you reach Psalm 134, and we're going to read it here in just a moment, you've reached the top of the mountain. You've reached Mount Zion. You're at the very highest steps. You're right there. You're at the temple door. You cannot go any higher than this. This is it. This is why we made the journey. This was our goal as we started this, 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 this trek to Jerusalem. This was the goal of our journey as Christians, blessing God and being blessed by God. This is what we will be doing as believers for all eternity, and this is what God calls us to do every day here on earth.
Let's stand as we read the 134th Psalm, the last of the 15 Psalms of Ascent. Come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Father, it is your word that we have just read, divinely given for our instruction, our edification, and yes, our discipline. But it is yours. By the Holy Spirit, give us understanding and application as to how this would transform us in our journey with you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And amen. Please be seated. We basically end the series with a doxology. Now that's a term that most of you have probably heard or somewhat familiar with. A doxology is an offering of praise, a proclamation of worship. The word actually comes from a couple of Greek words, which mean words of glory. Words of glory. I like that better than doxology, don't you? There was a great doxology written by a gentleman by the name of Thomas Kent, somewhere around 1700, according to history. And it goes like this. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Let's sing it. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Wow. That was awesome. Amen. Mm. There are several passages of Scripture which gives us a doxology. I just want to read a couple, three of them here. Paul writes in Ephesians 3, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Jude gives us this one. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forevermore. Amen. Aren't them incredible? And one more. Paul gives, as he writes Timothy, his first letter, to the king of the ages, 
immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Do you see the eternal aspect of every one of these doxologies? So here we are at the end of the journey, the end of a long road, a long path traveled. We're tired, we're weary, we're worn, we're dusty, we're hungry. All the livestock need to be fed and taken care of. Everything's got to be done. So we arrive at Zion, and the very first thing we hear is a call to worship. Point number one, the exhortation to come worship. Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. I, I really paused at this because I... It just gave me a lot of time to reflect and think, what does it mean to bless the Lord? You know, what does that look like? What does a God who needs nothing want from me? How can I bless God, in other words? <clears throat> well, the word literally means, if this helps, to kneel or bow low. That's how we bless the Lord, by humbly coming to him. By entering his presence. I, I've always said, you know, you can approach the throne with boldness as long as you're on your knees. And that's how we get to the throne of grace. To bow low. So how does that work when we talk about us blessing God? And especially, how does that work when we talk about God blessing us? Well, obviously, God's not going to bow to us. I hope you understand that. Okay. Uh, he bows to no one or nothing, and he will share his glory with no one or nothing. So here's the difference. When we bless God, we bow down before him in worship and praise. Worship, by the way, means worthy. We talked about that. He who is worthy of our praise, the only one who is worthy of our worship, to declare the worthiness of our God. That's worship. And when God blesses us, he reaches down to take care of us, to meet our needs. He, we bless God by praising him for who he is and what he's done, and God blesses us by loving us and providing for us. What a deal. Worship is not something we simply do. It literally flows from our inner self, the essence of who we are. It flows out in worship and praise. And we are worshipers, and we're going to worship someone or something. The question is what or who will be worthy of our praise? What will we cherish? So what can we give God a God that needs nothing. First of all, thank you, Pastor Adam. We give him ourselves. We give him our hearts. He wants our hearts and everything else will flow or follow that. And if God doesn't have our hearts, let's don't try to fake worship. You know what? That's, that's really futile. Matter of fact, I want to read a passage from Isaiah chapter 1. And listen to what the Lord says about artificial or fake worship. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. 
Give ear to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. You say, wait a minute. That's what you required. That's what you required. That's what you asked us to do. We're just doing what you told us to do, God. Huh? No. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon, Sabbath, and the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I'm weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, you see all these acts of worship that were, were being described here? They're, they seem to be doing everything right, don't they? They're, they're following the letter of the law. I will hide my eyes from you, even though you make many prayers. What? Think about this passage, folks. This is a very detailed condemnation of fake, false worship. I will not listen, he says. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken brothers and sisters don't fake it don't fake it if you're not a child of God don't try to worship God it falls on deaf ears listen to what Jesus says about worship after revealing conversation with the Lord Jesus a Samaritan woman makes this statement the woman said to him sir I perceive that you are a prophet our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship, to which Jesus replied. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is here, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. There it is. That's true worship in spirit and in truth. Worship is a lifestyle. Giving thanks to the Lord is a daily uh, a blessing, privilege, not just a Sunday morning event. Amen? 
The Pilgrim's text, let's make our way through this real quickly. Psalm 120, God's present during distress, calling on the Lord for deliverance. 121, joyful praise to the Lord. The Lord is your keeper. 122, prayer for Jerusalem. Let us go to the house of the Lord. 123, pleading for God's mercy. 124, help comes from the Lord. 125, the Lord surrounds his people. Prayer for God's blessings upon his people. Psalm 126, reaping the shouts of, reaping with shouts of joy. The Lord has done great things. The 127, resting in God's provision. 128, joy for those who follow God's ways, the blessings of trusting the Lord. 129, a cry for help to the Lord, oppressed but not defeated. 130, a prayer of repentance, waiting expectantly for the Lord. 131, surrendering as a child to the Lord. 132, God's sovereign plan for his people, God's promise to David. 133, Praise of brotherly fellowship and unity, the beauty of unity. And Psalm 134, praise to God in his temple. Come, bless the Lord. That's the journey. That's the journey that the pilgrims go on three times a year. And we get to do it every day. Every day. As you reflect on your life journey, where do you see the Lord in it? Can you praise him this morning for his faithfulness? Just like the children here this morning, so much wisdom, so much uh, uh, openness about it. I don't have a choice if I have a bad day. I still got to praise the Lord. Can we do it? As you come to the end of the road, will he be the first thing on your heart and on your mind? We have exhortation. Secondly, we have the congregation. The congregation of worshipers who stand by night in the house of the Lord. The first instruction here is simply, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. The servants of the Lord are in the, are in the psalm are the priests and the Levites who would have been ministering in the temple at that time. As a Jewish nation returned from exile and came home to Jerusalem, the scripture gives us an account of how this was established. I jump in the middle of 1 Chronicles chapter 9. We read these words. Now these, the singers, the heads of fathers, houses of the Levites, were in the chambers of the temple, free from other service, for they were on duty day and night. Wait a minute, we got assignments going on here. These were the heads of the fathers of the house of the Levites, according to their generations, leaders, they lived in Jerusalem. Now David would later expand on this just a little bit, and he would give the Levites special instructions. First Chronicles chapter 23, there were the sons of Levi by their father's houses, the heads of father's houses as they were listed according to the number of the names of the individuals from 20 years old and upward who were to do the work of the service of the house of the Lord. Are you getting the picture now? Are you beginning to see what the, what the pilgrims would have witnessed when they got to the temple? For David said, the Lord, the God of Israel has given rest to his people. And he dwells in Jerusalem, remember? That, that's, that's where God lived at that time, right? We all got that. And so the Levites no longer need to carry the tabernacle. We're done wandering. We're out of the wilderness. We don't have to pack this thing up every week or so and move to another location. For by the last words of David, the sons of Levi, Levi were numbered from 20 years old and upward for their duty 
was to assist the sons of Aaron for the service of the house of the Lord, having the care of the courts and the chambers, the cleansing of all that is holy, and any work of service in the house of the Lord. Oh, listen, it gets better. Their duty was also to assist with the showbread, the flour for the grain offering, the wafers of the unleavened bread, the baked offering, the offering mixed with oil, and the measures of quantity of that size. And they were to stand mourning, thanking, and praising the Lord, And likewise at evening, and whenever burnt offerings are offered to the Lord on the Sabbath, new moons, and feast days, according to the number required of them regularly before the Lord, one more, thus they were to keep charge of the tent of the meeting and the sanctuary, and to attend the sons of Aaron for brothers for the service of the house of the Lord. Praise God for the night shift. Amen. We have a night shift, we have a morning shift, we had an evening shift, and as we saw last week, now that's us. That's us. We are the priesthood of all believers. Somebody say amen. We get to do this now in the fulfillment of the temple. We no longer need the building on Zion because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and God's dwelling place is within every believer. So wherever we go, we take the temple with us, amen? And we worship the Lord wherever we go because God doesn't just dwell on Zion. He dwells in us and every other believer around the world. God is everywhere at all times and all places and he's in us right now. Let's praise the Lord. That's the passage. That's a good place to say amen. We could have the altar call. Take up another offering. As believers in Christ, we are all priests in God's kingdom. We are called to declare his praises. The church is not just a Sunday morning event. It is a daily lifestyle. We are the church. Third point, we have the exhortation, the congregation. There's the participation of those who came. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we don't have we don't have any category in the church for spectators. We are participants. Participants. And when we lift up our hands before God, it is symbolic in some ways, but it is a true expression of here I am. My hands need to be clean, right, according to the scripture. Christ took care of that. My heart, which is exposed to you right now, needs to be pure, and only the Holy Spirit can do that with the application of the blood of Christ. So here I am, Lord. This is worship. I stand before you with nothing to offer except me. That's our offering of praise. That's our sacrifice of praise. And brothers, friends, Sisters, we need a lot more lifting up of hands and less pointing of fingers. Most criticism will come from spectators. The participants don't have the time or the desire. 
exhortation, congregation, participation. Thirdly, the manifestation of the God who alone is worthy of our worship. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. This is an amazing, amazing way of ending this psalm as God blesses his people. Remember who God is. He is the maker of heaven and earth, and he made us. The life that blesses God is a life that will be blessed by God, who is he who made heaven and earth. And how does all of this come together for us today? You've already heard. We're going to read it again. Pastor Adam read the passage that I am about to read. I think it's worthy of hearing again. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom, and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further message be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. Brothers and sisters, that's who we are in the presence of right now. The living God, the maker of heaven and earth. The heavenly Jerusalem. And two innumerable angels in festal gatherings and the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns us from heaven. At that time his voice shook the earth. But now as he promised, yet once more I will not shake only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Hello, glory. The new heaven and the new earth. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Glory to him and him alone. Zion is wherever God meets with his people. Ultimately, Zion represents heaven where we will be with God and his people forever. Hebrew 12 talks about a heaven in, in, in terms of Zion and Jerusalem and the people of God. The book of Hebrews also tells us that Jesus ascended to heaven where he sits right now at the right hand of God and he's praying for us as our intercessor. He's praying for us as a great high priest. Consequently, Hebrews 7, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God. What are we doing on our journey? Drawing near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it is with indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. Praise him. Praise him above. 
God's blessing starts from Zion, but then it goes wherever you go and I go because he is the maker of heaven and earth. And the whole earth belongs to him. His blessing is not just for heaven, but every day you live here on this earth as well. May God bless us and keep us. And so the end of the Psalms of Ascent. May the Lord bless you from Zion. He who made heaven and earth. Maybe our best summary for this message this morning, and not to be too redundant in such a way as it loses its meaning, but sing with me again. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I pray that you find a reason to worship this morning, and I pray that you find the one who alone is worthy of that worship. Come to Christ this morning, and I want us to leave this house of worship, this place of gathering this morning, really thinking about worship and praise and what it means that we have the freedom and the ability and the privilege to gather in this place on a regular basis and share that with one another. How beautiful is that? And then next Sunday when we gather, let's come well rehearsed. Uh, improper term probably, but uh, in worshiping because it continues after we leave here. And we just kind of come back together next week for a little recharge. But it's all about worship. Let's stand.